Thanks for joining us on episode 1116 of the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. Hey, I'm Genesis Amaris Kemp. I challenge you to invest in yourself. Yes, yourself. Invest in others. Why? Because when we invest in others, we're able to help them grow and we're able to see the fruits of our labor. Develop your influence. What ways can you be influenced? And impact the world by using your time, your talent, and your treasures to live out your calling. Each one of us was created for a purpose. Having the ability to speak up for yourself is key. And one way to be inspired to do that is to listen to this, the Inspired Stewardship Podcast with my friend, Scott Mader and seek what you want and position yourself in a way where it is attainable. Because if you have those dreams, then they are just dreams. If you don't have a date to them because you're not working towards anything, so then it becomes just a wish or a fad. Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. If you truly desire to become the person who God wants you to be, then you must learn to use your time, your talent, and your treasures for your true calling. In the Inspired Stewardship Podcast, you will learn to invest in yourself, invest in others, and develop your influence so that you can impact the world. In today's interview with Genesis Ameris Kemp, I asked Genesis about what brought her to write her book, Chocolate Drop in Corporate America. I also asked Genesis about launching her own business after leaving the corporate world. And Genesis also shares why she believes in coaching others as a key to their success. One reason I like to bring you great interviews like the one you're going to hear today is because of the power in learning from others. Another great way to learn from others is through reading books. But if you're like most people today, you find it hard to find the time to sit down and read. And that's why today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Go to inspiredstewardship.com slash audible to sign up and you can get a 30-day free trial. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from. And instead of reading, you can listen your way to learn from some of the greatest minds out there. That's inspiredstewardship.com slash audible to get your free trial and listen to great books the same way you're listening to this podcast. Genesis Ameris Kemp is a creative content writer, author, self-development advocate, visionary, inclusion and diversity enthusiast, firecracker, and a force to be reckoned with. Genesis is a woman who will do great things that empower others to speak up for themselves. Yes, it may be challenging, and yes, it may hurt, but in the long run, she desires to encourage others to help those who may not have a voice. She is a trailblazer who wants others to live out their dreams, goals, and visions. If it takes writing her book, Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, from the pit to the palace to accomplish those tasks, then so be it. We've all been given an excellent purpose in life, and it's up to us to walk it out and live victoriously. Genesis has been featured on four dozen plus podcast magazines, and then decided to finally start her own podcast, Gems, with Genesis Ameris Kemp. Welcome to the show, Genesis. Thank you for having me, Scott. So as we get into it today... You wrote a a book that we talked about a little bit in the intro. So Genesis, what got you to the point of actually writing the book? A day of frustration in corporate America 
It was after a performance review that I had with my supervisor where we like to cover the KOs first, which are knowledgeable others. And then we go into the management side of it where he or she gives me their um, feedback. So after I heard all my knowledgeable others and then I heard the feedback from my supervisor at the time, they did not coincide. It sounded contradictory. So I said, you know what? I was tired of feeling like I was just a number to the corporation. I was tired of just being seen, but not necessarily heard. Working twice as hard, but not being treated the same in comparison to my colleagues that were on my team. So after that, I just pulled out my phone and I wrote down the words, chocolate drop in corporate America. Why chocolate drop? Because I have darker skin. I am melanated and I worked in corporate America. And when you come from the oil and gas and energy sector, you don't see a lot of African-American females or when you do see them, they're not in high ranking positions for whatever reason that may be. And since I was climbing the corporate ladder, I felt, okay, if they want to really talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, why aren't they walking it like they're talking it? Why don't I see a lot of people that look like me or a lot of minorities that are on the board? I know not everyone is going to make it to the top, but at least have some representation of the people that are involved in your company. Even if you just have one one Latino, one Latina, one African-American, one Black person, one Asian, one Hispanic, at least you have an array of representation, not just older Caucasian males that sit on the board. Yeah, it's interesting because I've been part of a lot of different corporates and, and other organizations over the years. And there's times that I call it the old white guy meeting. And then you wonder, why that happens that way sometimes, but it does. So let's back up a little bit. We just, you just talked about being in the corporate world and the oil and gas, which as you said, is not necessarily an industry that is well known for diversity. Tell us a little bit about what you were doing in the corporate world and then why and how you made that transition to striking out on your own. So I started in corporate back in 2009 when I was actually in high school via co-op. And my first job was in real estate, which is totally different than where I ended up. Then from real estate, I went to work at the cancer center, which I love working at the cancer center. And the reason why was because my goal was always to do something in the medical industry. But whenever a new cancer hospital opened up that was in the Cyprus area, our patients started to go there, which led to me being laid off. And I needed to find a job at a very young age and quickly in order to meet my educational requirements with um, Cypher ISD. So then I was looking around and et cetera. And I went to my teacher at the time. I was like, I don't know where I'm going to find a job. I don't know how I'm going to complete the requirements for this class. And so she pretty much told me, Hey, why don't you try this company in oil and gas? I'm like, I really don't want to do oil and gas. Like, I feel like I'm a part of HOSA, which is Health Health Occupation Students of America. Everything is like on track for like medical because I always wanted to be a pediatrician or do something in the medical field. So fast forward, I got a job at a corrosion company 
And I started at the bottom. I was an imaging clerk. All I did was scan papers all day long. And it was so. Okay. That sounds horrible. (laughs) Sorry. It was. And then, so while I was in that company, I was like, there has to be something else. So I started to network with the project managers. Then that's how I got my first assignment in project coordination, where I was working on topside level one inspection reports for offshore. Then from there, I branched into HSC, which is health, safety, and environmental. I was the assistant for a new team that was formed. And then I stayed in that role for a while up until the point where my old supervisor left to go work for the big wigs and they gave me her position because it was the both of us that built the entire safety program from the ground up. So then I became the HSC interim manager. And once I made it all the way up from an imaging clerk to an HSC manager, there was nowhere else for me to go in the corporations because my salary was capped out. I had no assistance. I was running a fabrication warehouse and I was running another warehouse And theoretically, you can't be in two places at once. So then after that, I started to look for other opportunities. And that's when I landed on a position with a Fortune 500 company. And when I interviewed for them, they were so amazed because I knew about their offshore assets. And it was because when I was in that project coordinator role, I was on the other side of the table, writing up their top side level one (laughs) um, reports about corrosion and et cetera, how to protect their wells and their risers or platforms and all of that. When they came back and told me, oh, all we have is an administrative assistant position. I'm like, what? Did you not see my resume? I've worked so hard. So I had to learn how to humble myself. And I started all the way over from the bottom as an administrative assistant, went on to be a raw material coordinator for polypropylene. For those of you listening, polypropylene is a form of plastics. Then from that role, I went on to do trade regulations and compliance coordination for polyethylene, which is another commodity of plastics. So it was like I had a 360. I started in headquarters, went to the chemical plant, went back to headquarters, then stayed there. Then with the pandemic, was forced to be at home for the time. Around that time, my father got sick, ended up passing away in in November of 2020. And then that led me to being laid off whenever oil and gas prices were plummeted and they laid off over 1900 individuals. And then I said, what am I going to do? I could either cry and wallow or I could pivot. And I chose to pivot and step into the entrepreneurship bucket. First off, I was laughing at the beginning of the story because I, I, my background is in biochemistry and genetics, and I did medical research for all of about six months and figured out, I hate this. I don't want to do this, and then pivoted and went completely different directions. So a uh, similar idea of I, I was set up to do medicine and no, didn't end up doing it. So what now that you've pivoted and gone out on your own, what has brought you into coaching others and focusing on growth and success and the the areas that you want to focus on? One, it's not easy to climb the corporate ladder if you don't understand who your key players are, and that's internal and external stakeholders, if you don't have the right mindset to go after what you want, because sometimes people think that things are going to be handed to them, and not everything is going to be given to you on a silver platter. So you need to be able to know what you want, know how to go out and seek what you want and position yourself in a way 
where it is attainable. Because if you have those dreams, then they are just dreams if you don't have a date to them because you're not working towards anything. So then it becomes just a wish or a fad. And then another thing was just going through life. It's a roller coaster. It will definitely teach you some things. And me starting working at the age of 15, not that I had to, but because I wanted to, because I didn't want to ask my parents for, for money for certain things because I knew they would say no, because it wasn't important to them like it was to me. So that's when I started to work. I dropped out of the choir program. So I was one year shy of getting a Leatherman jacket because I was like, I want to start making money. That's whatever I tapped into the workforce and it's been a great ride. And I just love helping people like that's where my heartstrings are because I didn't go through what I went through for by accident. I went through it for a reason. And that's a part of who I am. It's a part of my purpose. And whenever you know what your purpose is, it's not for you to just sit on it. It's for you to actually go out in the world and show up and help other people so they could realize what their purpose is, because there are so many people, young people, as well as elderly people who don't even know what their purpose is. And and on working with others. Now I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. When you first got started in coach, would you mind sharing the story of kind of, tell us about the first time you actually sat down with someone and, and took on the position of coach and how did that come about? And what was that like? It was a crazy story. So there was a young lady that was following me on one of my platforms. She knew the stuff that I was working on. She was just following my journey and we just had formed a friendship. And one day she reached out and she's like, hey, I'm interested in learning more about diversity, equity and inclusion. I'm in higher education. I really don't don't see that at this particular college that I'm at. Would you mind coaching me? How much do you charge? What are your hourly service? And at the time I was like, oh, at first I was going to just do it for free. But then I realized that I was laid off living (laughs) off of a severance package. So I was like, oh, I'll charge $50 an hour. I just randomly picked that number out. I did not do any research to look at what my competitors were charging. I did not articulate my time over the money or whatnot. But at the end of that first coaching call, she not only paid me the $50 an hour that I told her, but she gave me a $50 tip. So I made $100 in one hour. And since this conversation, she has switched universities. She moved across the country with her family from the East Coast to the West Coast. Her career is thriving and her and I are still in contact not from the coaching aspect, but really from a friendship aspect. And had I not just been vulnerable and open with her, like, would this have taken place? And so, yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so it just reminds me of humble beginning. Sometimes there are opportunities out there, but if we allow ourselves to like, listen to those limiting thoughts, those beliefs and doubts, we can easily hold ourselves back versus if we just show up and show out, everything will fall in line if it's the right time during the right place with the right person. And that's part of why I wanted to call that out is because it's always easy to see when somebody's living their calling, but usually the steps to get to it are a lot messier than most of We ignore that part of the journey. (laughs) It's like, let's not talk about that. So I wanted you to share that. I appreciate it. So if, if you were talking to somebody right now as a coach, as somebody that works with people in these areas, 
if, if somebody has heard this and they're like, yeah, I want to learn more about that. I want to get better at understanding this. What are some of the resources or tips or mindsets, processes, whatever you want to share? If you could share two or three things, what are some places that that people you know should be able to work on to, to get better in these areas? One, I always like to start off with the question, how much are they paying you to sleep on your dreams? The second thing I teach is R-Cube method, which the first R is refuel. The second is refocus. And the third is realign. Because if you don't refuel yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally, you're going to hit a wall and that wall is going to be burnt out. If you don't refocus, refocus not just on where you are, but where you want to go then you're not going to have the vision. And there's a scripture that says, write the vision and make it plain. And for those of you who are not religious or spiritual, you have to have something written down because when you write things down, you're also holding yourself accountable and it lays things out for you. And then realignment. If you take time to realign your vehicle in order for your car to drive straight and not be pulled too far to the left or too far to the right, why don't you take the time to realign yourself and your life so you could have that homeostasis and have that overall balance? Because we all need to have some form of balance in our lives. So those are just two hot things that I'll I'll leave there for right now. You can follow Genesis on Facebook or Instagram as as Genesis Amaris Kemp. She's also over on YouTube as her podcast with gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. Or you can find her at her website, which is at beacons.ai Genesis Amaris Kemp. Of course, I'll have links to all of that over in the show notes, so it's easy to find. Genesis, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listener? Yes, I want to leave them with a powerful and profound quote from my book, Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, From the Pit to the Palace. And here is it. Stop waiting for someone to co-sign your dreams. Start running with passion. In time, the right people who genuinely care and want to support you will fall into place. That's one quote. And then the other one that's right underneath it says, let's continue to encourage one another to be the best version of ourselves that we possibly can. Take a break from all the hustle and bustle, get in tune with your inner self, meditate and release stress by working out, listening to music or unplugging from the everyday madness in this world. Thanks so much for listening to the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. As a subscriber and listener, we challenge you to not just sit back and passively listen, but act on what you've heard and find a way to live your calling. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor. Go over to inspiredstewardship.com slash iTunes rate, all one word, iTunes rate. It'll take you through how to leave a rating and review and how to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you can get every episode as it comes out in your feed. Until next time, invest your time, your talent, and your treasures, develop your influence, and impact the world.